available to play Beasley's out for weeks Announced the same day It's a full strength team Hip hip hooray Then you realize it's not The Timberwolves way And isn't it ironic Don't you think? Welcome to episode 158 of Wolf's Cast, the show that is just saying words. Podcasting is effort. Toasted by myself and my brother, I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with our maximum effort, everybody. Oh, we're bringing it. I think it's a little damning, you know, when somebody goes on the record and says, you know what, defense is just effort. The follow-up question should always be like, so you're, why aren't you giving effort? <laughs> right? Because if it's just effort and you've been bad at defense, then you're, making you're, it sound you're, so easy. you're just telling me that you haven't given effort in any game so far. So what's your problem? Why aren't you bringing any effort to the games? I feel like Towns used to say stuff like that, too. Yeah. And he has been a lot this year, too. Been mostly backing it up where it's like, oh, stats don't matter. No, they were, uh, you know, and the earliest mention of the Dane Moore podcast on the show. Shout out, Dane. First minute, Great stuff. first 60 seconds. But uh, <laughs> he had Britt on recently, and Britt was saying, you know, talking about that old town's habit of saying, this loss is all on me, and he had to have 39 points yeah. and 16 rebounds, and it was a way of kind of making you look at his numbers and be like, no, Towns, <laughs> it wasn't you. But Britt was saying, like, I figured if he actually did the follow-up one where he just said, like, oh, yeah, how, how is it your fault? And then, like, Cat really couldn't answer the question. He's like, that's how I knew Cat was just BSing. Is yeah. that, you know, you, you follow up with, why was it your fault? Why is this loss all on you? And he didn't have an answer. Well, so it's just empty. Um, but yeah, Ant, Ant had those things to say. I guess he's got to learn. He's it's, better learn. Than, it's better than not saying them, I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, but yes, thank you for joining us, everybody. It's Wolf's Cast. It's, uh, it's, it's the Timberwolves podcast you know and love. Your friends, Scott and Neil, here chilling, tripping out. Recording during the daylight hours. Ooh. Usually, Wolf's Cast is a nighttime affair. We're recording around the same time as always. It's just the sun is out now, and yeah, we're into that nice springtime. It's you know? giving me those like Sunday matinee game vibes, where I'm not like it's not game time in my body yet, so I'm not ready to perform. So <laughs> it might be a lackadaisical effort on my hand. Yeah, but like you said, it's it's the same, generally the same time, just a uh, different vibe. Yeah, with the sunshine coming me. in. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, uh, Earth, I guess, for uh, giving us some more sunshine at this time of the year. But yeah, Let's see if it you know brings a sunnier disposition to yeah, our takes. You know? Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe it'll be a little to, bit more optimistic this yeah, week. Yeah, you'll be able to hear that uh, sun, sunny side of things here on the show this week. Um, but yeah, today uh, on the show we have a week recap, four games to talk about. We're gonna get to full court press where uh, we'll dig into the D'Angelo Russell uh, return, the the uh, Malik Beasley injury, and uh, of course the the links. We uh, you know sometimes talk about the links here on Wolves Cast, but and we always talk about new jerseys oh yes we'll Gotta never miss a chance to yes. comment on basketball fashion uh-huh yep so we're gonna dive into that uh, and then after a sponsor, we, uh, we're going to uh, wonder if we are worried or not worried. we got to get back to that. Some uh, anxieties have been building up. So, you know, we have to speak about them and uh, discuss uh, how all that's been going. Uh, Weekly Wolfies and the game. You know how we do it here on Wolves Cast. 
But uh, all right, week recap. One and three this week for the Wolves, 13 and 39 overall. Uh, we've been uh, not really uh, chronicling the, the defensive rating, offensive rating, and net rating is because it hasn't really moved too much for the Wolves. It was a but, four uh, and two week for the Twins. Thanks for asking. Okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, but offensive rating, 26th in the league. Defensively, Ooh. they're 27th. Ooh. And then net rating, 27th. So that's been about where they've been for the last month or so. Can't really get out of that bottom five on either side there. And, uh, yeah, I guess it shows on the court. You know, the team's been playing a little bit better, but, uh, you know, uh, the the ratings have uh, have been about the same. So everything's... There's already a body of work there that's been established, you know? It's yeah. like, you can only change the ratings so much. It's hard you know? to pull up those first 40 right, games exactly. or whatever. It's like, uh, you know, Ant's been scoring 24 points a game for like a month and a half now, and still the scoring averages are like around 17 points. It's, it takes a while to bring those averages up, you know? Uh, yes, yes, the weight and all of that. But uh, yeah, the Wolves uh, started off last week uh, with a loss um, at Memphis, uh, 108-120 on, uh, on Friday, a week ago, Scott. Uh, Memphis, Memphis just seems to always have our number. Oh, yeah. They're a team who even, you know, throughout the iterations over the years, I felt there's been many times where we've met up with them and they maybe have less talent on the court. And yet still, they find a way to always seem to overcome just because they give that effort that Anthony Edwards was talking about, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they know. They know They know about defense it being about effort. Um, Rubio was out for this game with the back spasms. And uh, J Mac in the start. J Mac was out there. Yep. Uh, Have your two way guy start start a game <laughs> for you. Start two games this week for yeah, you. Yeah. Really. See how it goes. But uh, Memphis shooting the lights out. You know, again, still continues to be a uh, a trend of Wolves opponents just going crazy from three, shooting. You know, making 14, 15 threes a game. Uh, Memphis had eleven. You gotta get in the uh, first half. Sign Zaza Pachulia to the team just to step under a few guys. You know, injure a few guys on three pointers, and that way they won't be so confident shooting against the Timberwolves. They're yeah. like, you know what? This might end my career right now. I better yeah. better not shoot with such confidence. I got Zaza out on the floor. Yeah, I'll be watching. Oh, Zaza here? Where is he? I gotta be careful where I jump. That's right. Maybe we can get Wancho to do it. <laughs> We're paying you enough, Wancho. Just put your foot under. Yeah, totally. But this Although guy... he's really popular. Have you noticed? Like Wancho's like the most popular guy on our team. Like league wide. I suppose so. He's always dapping it up. He's always joking with players. He's been on one other team, though. It's kind of weird. I have no idea why. Maybe it's the international stuff, but it just seems like after games, it always shows like Wancho talking with two or three other players on the opposite team, and they're all laughing. Maybe they think he's, they don't know if it's like him or his brother, and they're just like, oh, yeah, I've played with one of you. So, yeah. Maybe 50% chance it's you. Um, But yeah, the really fun, uh, fun game here. You know, it was, um, uh, you know, again, it was those threes kept falling for for the Grizzlies. They they had 11 in the first half. They finished with 18 overall here. So uh, just good back and forth game. Uh, Pretty close game here. Uh, Big, big uh, swing point here was when uh, 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 Jaden McDaniels uh, picked up his fifth foul in the third quarter. So he had to miss a lot of this. And, um, you know, that's really tough for the for already a bad defensive team to have one of your best players out so uh he had to sit to the fourth and uh yeah so it was just uh Wolves offense kind of just stalled out and uh you know couldn't get it done town not a great game for towns here missed a lot of threes um but yeah good to see um good to see Tyus Jones uh out there still excelling and uh most importantly as we spoke about with the jerseys I mean the Memphis court and their jerseys I was waiting tops, for you to bring this up or else tops I, in the league mm, they had the throwback Vancouver Grizzly oh, style going man. just great jerseys and I like Jim Pete called out how many great jerseys they've had the past three years Memphis has been just killing it in the jersey department the yeah. city edition the earned edition the uh you know these Memphis throwback I mean these Vancouver throwback ones just all look great 
great. Like, yeah. I'm going to have to buy a John Morant jersey just because these are they're such fresh <laughs> kits, you know? Yeah. They got it going on. They know what they're doing down there in Memphis. All right. And this was the first half of a back-to-back. And uh, so, yeah, they take the loss on Friday and then uh, have to travel, have to fly right away, have to get on a plane, fly to Philly, lose an hour in the air, right, going going from west to east. That's right. no fun. And, yeah, less uh, than 24 hours later. Yeah, it's like just 20 hours go. after you finish this game. Crazy. Back of a back-to-back. Your team's already not healthy. You're yeah. already starting, you know, jo- Jordan McDaniels and Jaden. <laughs> yeah. Jordan McLaughlin. Jeez. Jordan so, McLaughlin. Jordan Daniels. McLaughlin. There we go. There's Jaden, Jarrett, Jared, Jalen. Yeah. <laughs> J-Max all the galore. J- all the J's. They're all there. Uh, but yeah, Wolves uh, uh, lose this game as well in Philadelphia, 113 to 122 on Saturday. And uh, welcome back, Joel Embiid. He came back after missing 10 games, and uh, he was back to to rough towns up, right? This was a little bit of a, you know, getting getting Carl Towns' head kind of move here from Embiid. It's so right? disappointing. You know, like, it's just like after everything Cat's gone through, it's clear that Cat's over this. Cat Cat used yeah. to get into it. I mean, Joel would get really under Cat's skin, and you could tell, like, <laughs> it was fun for Joel to push the button because Cat would just always do what Joel wants, including, yeah. like, throwing that fight, you know? And yep, then yep. both of them going on social media, and Joel usually getting the taking the piss out of towns on social media. And just, like, <laughs> after all these years, and now it's, like, a whole different Cat we have. His, his mom's dead. All of his friends and family are dead from COVID. He is a different person. And it just feels weird that Joel was still like, I can't wait to troll him when he gets here. Let's see if we can, you know, make this guy freak out. And it's like, ugh, I don't know. But either way, he, like, picked Cat up and threw him to the ground, and it was nothing. It was like, a, was it even a foul? Regular, they, regular, regular personal foul. foul, yep. And then I saw, you know, later this week, OG Anobi kind of did the same thing to Dennis Schroeder, where Dennis yeah, Schroeder, he just grabbed his leg and kind of like pulled him to, you know, did kind of the wrestling move of pulling the leg up, having the guy fall. <laughs> they both got ejected. And it's just yeah. like, I don't see how what Embiid did was any less than that. He literally picked him up, swung him around in yeah. the air while he's holding him, and threw him down like a baby. Like, he was just doing it to be like, I'm the big guy here. You're my little rag doll. Look at me embarrass you with this. Yeah. And the refs just let it go. And I couldn't believe that. And then later in the game, Joel wound up. He took his arm all the way back they got him and on slammed him down. They, they gave him they the flagrant at that one. one they gave him I think he should have gotten a flagrant two for that. Because how are you not doing that intentionally when you wind up like that? Plus, right. you add all the history between these two guys. And it's just like, yeah. I was super impressed with Cat for how he reacted. Or didn't react. Yeah, I he couldn't did, believe it. Instead of you know giving in or showing any emotion, he just went to work and had one of the best games of his career, I would say. Yeah. Because he had nobody helping him out. There was nobody doing anything for him. This is against one of the best defenses in the NBA. And Cat drops 39? You know, it's crazy. Just yeah. a just a monster performance from Cat made all the more impressive on the way that he's not he's not taking the bait anymore, which is I think something very respectable because that was the thing. It's always like us shaking our head, Cat. Why do you always take the bait? Yeah. You know, this time he this just is what said, they want you to do. This is Charlie Brown saying, "Fuck you, Lucy. <laughs> take your football and go home." Yeah, Embiid, um, you know, yeah, got him going a little bit, and I think it kind of backfired. I mean, you know, I think for Joel, he can he can usually get people to go out of the game in that kind of way, and for Towns, he kind of took on the challenge and, uh, you know, really really put up the numbers. But like you said, you know, uh, you know, well, still still lost the game, so I guess uh, I guess Embiid had the last laugh there, but. Uh, yeah, it was you know it was it was a pretty good game though, but um, through the, at least through the first half, and then uh, you know then Philly thirteen zero run coming out of halftime, and they really just turned on the defense there. They they were they kind of showed why they're one of the best teams in the league. That that defense is just something special, and uh, you know the Wolves you know hung around. They didn't just like let it be a big blowout, but you know they got down and had a hard time battling have, back all the way. They you know, could have so. you know Lord knows I'll always remember the blowout the first time we went to Philly after we traded. Oh, 
oh, yeah. Butler there. Yeah. And Lost it was by over by halftime. Yeah. It yeah. was one of the worst games I've ever seen. And so for them, they could have easily taken the blowout because Philly's a better team now than they were then. Yeah. The Wolves are a worse team now than they were then. And it, and we're on the back second half of a back-to-back, you know, like you said, traveling from time zones, going east, so you're yeah. losing hours. It seemed like a game that I was ready for a blowout. And for a cat to put the fight to it, it was actually a very enjoyable game despite the loss. Yeah. I, I left that game feeling like good, you know? Yeah, yeah no Rubio, no Beasley in this one either. So uh, good, to, good to have a good uh, battle, I guess, against one of the league's better teams. Um, all right, Wolves got back to home on uh, on Monday. Uh, against Sacramento, got their lone win of the week, winning uh, one sixteen to one oh six over the Sacramento Kings. They did welcome back, D'Lo. Win. Oh yeah, D'Lo back, Rubio back, fans back in the building. So lots of returning happening here in this game. But yeah, D'Lo missing like twenty five games, twenty four games before this. Kind of a surprise that he was, uh, you know, uh, going to be in and confirmed by Shams in the afternoon because I don't even think he was on the injury list as like questionable before that, right? Like I don't, it wasn't I think like I saw he was a tweet that said he was questionable fi- so. for Philly. Okay, um, no, I, not for Philly, but oh, I saw a tweet that said yeah. He was usually you see guys like oh they're questionable for, for a few, a few days, days before yeah. and then they don't get played. So uh, good surprise there, and uh, he didn't disappoint. He had a really nice game, right? He had twenty five points in uh, twenty four minutes. Twenty four minutes. So. That's that's about as good as you can ask for coming off the bench, you know, hitting shots. Him and Towns getting, playing well together. Getting reacclimated to it all. So Wancho also had a good game. Oh. I think Wancho had 17 points. Oh, one of his best games of the season. Just getting to the free throw line too. Like just shooting an amazing amount of free throws. Well, you know, you know, they don't have Nemanja Bielitz on the Kings anymore. So this is Wancho's <laughs> tryout, his audition. You yeah, want to take really. another stretch yeah, four really. who can't Euro, play defense? Yeah. Euro. From the Timberwolves, come and get me, Kings. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, some nice stuff from Wancho there. He's getting, he's gotten a new lease on life under Chris Finch. I think, yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, you know, not playing, still not playing up to his contract, but at least he's not like a total zero now and is actually contributing. So. Yeah, he seems like he belongs in the league now. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Which we exactly. know, we know he belongs. He just had such a bad start. Yeah, totally. Uh, De'Aaron Fox also had a nice game at twenty first half points, just getting to the lane, getting whatever he wanted. He just doesn't look like the same guy without the Super Saiyan hair. You know? Oh, like, yeah, he's just like. Just Normal, another face like in the crowd head. now. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Just- I think it's like uh, it just takes away some of the excitement. He's still an exciting player. He's still doing the same things, but it doesn't seem as exciting with that very normal hairdo. Yeah. Um, did you notice anything, Scott, in this game? Like as far as like the like noise from the crowd or anything? Like could uh, you know could you hear the the extra fans or, or the non fake noise? In no, I was still hearing the court mics. You know, I was still yeah. hearing the refs get really picked up. You know, stuff like that. So I did not notice the uh, the fans. Really. I feel like there was a few moments where there was some booing or something like that. I was like, oh yeah, they, they don't do that on the they don't do that in the fake crowd. No. Right, so I yeah. feel like there was a few moments where I did notice it, but I didn't really hear it being like louder or quieter. So there must be still some fake crowd noise in there. Otherwise, I think it'd be like really noticeable. Yeah, and quiet. totally. Um, so, yeah, what else in here? I mean, it's a close game, but, uh, you know, the Wolves still win pretty comfortably. They won by like over 10 points. So that's something that hasn't really happened recently. Like all the wins have just been like squeak by wins, one or two points. So the win by like 10 or whatever it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was 10. the only, only time in the last week that we were able to keep our opponent under 120 points for a wow. game. Yeah. Uh, I was a little disappointed. Wolves decided to wear the road blues at home, which means that we didn't get to see those beautiful purple kits from the Sacramento oh, Kings. Yeah. Had to watch them come out in white uni. So disappointing. Why? <laughs> Why are you wearing your blue kits at home? Stop it. Yeah, just switch it up. There's no... Uh, yeah, I guess it worked, though, so maybe they should keep doing yeah. it until you know yeah. it stops working. Towns and D'Lo scored the final 20 points in this game, mm. so that's what you like to see. It's your, like a promise fulfilled. See it come together. <laughs> yeah, finally. Um, so, yeah, that was Monday night, and then uh, Wolves ended up the week uh, on Wednesday night taking the loss in Indiana. Terrible 137 city. to 144, and yes, 
144 points were scored in regulation by an Indiana team without their three best players. So, uh, but the thing is, after great. after we let the Pacers set a first half franchise record yeah. for points scored, I think it was 70, 77. 77. Wolves scored 81 points in the second half. <laughs> so Crazy. once again, the Wolves. I mean, this is story all this time. I don't have to tell you if you've watched a Wolves game this season. Yeah. Wolves didn't play defense in the first half. They like literally was a layup line, and mm, yeah. then they made the strong comeback. But it wasn't enough because you can't get down that big and make Too those comebacks. Hole, yeah. Expect to win. So I think this was the most pathetic game of the week. Really long stretches of time where I was like, "Do I need to pay attention to this? This is really, <laughs> this is really bad." You know. So this was pretty disgusting, especially when you consider Indiana without their top three players: no Malcolm Brogdon, no Sabonis, no. My Miles Turner, and yet they uh, so it was a bunch of who he played for guys out on the floor just destroying yeah, us, just going crazy because they had uh, you know they, they they felt very free, you know they were Justin they were Holiday looking way. like Steph Curry, you know just knocking down every three he hits. Yeah, uh, I think we got to give our off-brand player of the week to Gogo Bataze. Oh, easily, easily, this guy coming off the bench, center. Um, we started. You know, <laughs> he started for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, game. typically, yeah. yeah, typically a bench center. I mean, they have they're missing their two center. He's their third big. Um, you know, and in 25 minutes, he scored 14 points. Uh, you know, hit two threes. I didn't know he could make threes. Five assists he in this can't. game. They said the shooting rebounds. percentage going into the night was like twenty percent. So weird. Um, and yeah, so yeah, he was uh, giving us the business. He was yeah, he was sticking it to us, and uh, that's somebody whose name you probably never heard before. And uh, another yeah. name that you have heard before, Keelan Martin oh, scoring yeah. on us. That was Keelan. kind of fun watching yeah. him go full court against his buddy D'Lo. Killing him softly. Already took away that drop, but uh, we'll, we'll remember Keelan. He's. Uh, He's a good dude. That was that was fun to have him last year. But uh, yeah, Wolves came out. You know they were down. You know they're down twenty one and a half, giving up seventy seven points. Came out of halftime a lot better as far as like scoring and better energy and stuff like that. But like you mentioned, it was already too late. You're already down too big. And even though the Wolves scored better, they couldn't get any stops still. So it's just both yeah, teams they got scoring it back to within like what five points or so. Yeah, maybe closer. Yeah, but yeah. I think they yeah, got it within one one possession. So couldn't put it away. Uh, both Holiday brothers were really good in this one. Uh, McConnell was huge in this game. TJ McConnell. Um, I like the Holiday brothers because you never would get them mixed up. They're three different face, like three different really body type face yeah, types. Yeah. But the eyes and the eyebrows are all Holiday. You yeah, could tell they were bros. brothers. You'd be like, oh yeah, I easily see you're a Holiday. Totally. But they all look different. <laughs> Yo, you a Holiday? Yeah. Um, but yes, the Wolves, uh, yeah, really, really disappointing game here, especially after playing really well against Sacramento, kind of come out and lay a big egg here. Oh, we um, have Ben's dropping all the stats about how many weeks and it's been like records we are setting about going this deep in the season without consecutive wins. Oh yeah. Keeping that, keeping that going. <laughs> Got to keep that a record, alive. A record that's only slightly less annoying than the 30-10 games from Carl Anthony Towns. Now he has 69. Yeah. He's better than KG. Yeah. Or the, this is how many games Carl has had a three-pointer in, you know. Those are the runners. Those runners. Got to keep those going. One other thing about this game is I think something that I have not heard this year, I think this is a reason why, you know, they talk about Indiana winning all these games at home and stuff. They have on the on the like opponents whatever basket the opponents are trying to score on, they had a drum line popping 
like all I heard night. the drum line, the drum oh, yeah. line in the empty arena, like right when the team's like trying to like run their stuff, mm, like love that it. is a that is some home court advantage right there. I mean, a lot of teams, uh, I think, sort of uh, it's known that you can't just play anything while the opposing team is on offense. There's like a set, you know, sort of like chant thing. Sure, you yeah, know, there defense, are defense, duh, duh, D, all that stuff. But apparently, drum line fits into that because they were just going going crazy on the drums. Sounded that, pretty good. Sounded pretty like clean. It's probably hard to play with that. I mean, especially in the empty arena. I guess if it's, you know, you get the white noise of just like the whole arena right. is full yeah. and all that, it doesn't really matter. These guys are trained professionals. They don't really, you know, they, they're good at blocking that stuff out. But in an empty arena where you don't hear, you know, huge marching snares and stuff every night, you know, this isn't college. I'll send uh, DJ Mad Mardigan the MP3s. I got drumline yeah, music. We go. can have the Wolves practice and shoot up, shoot around and stuff to it so they won't, they won't get thrown. I used to play drums in the United Center. Yeah. Uh, the Blackhawks would hire, I was on the Northwestern drumline and my senior year of college, the Blackhawks would pay us to come down and play drums in the United Center. Gave us free merch and stuff, free meal, and like 60 bucks, like cash. It was great. Perfect. That's so So, good. So shout out to playing drums in basketball arenas, even though that was for hockey. All right. That does it for week recap. Let's talk about Full Court Press. Here's the tip. All righty. First up, D'Angelo Russell, as we mentioned, back after 25 missed games due to, what, the knee procedure? Yep. Is that what it was? Loose knee? bodies in yeah, the knee, I loose think it bodies was, if I remember correctly. In the knee, but he Clean has returned, up. and uh, he is playing games alongside Carl Anthony Towns, the prophecy uh, that was foretold. Yeah, you can just um, end it there. We saw the two of them on the court together. That alone, over. That alone felt like a victory. Uh, <laughs> after they won at Sacramento, uh, going into Indianapolis, yeah. Benz was saying, they're 3-3 three and three all time in games they've played together. Okay. Tonight will be the tiebreaker. So now they're 3-4 and four all time. But still, compared to the Timberwolves' normal record, that's a huge improvement. Yeah, yeah. So, so. Uh, just... I mean, there is some chemistry there. They seem to be working well. There were some, some passes that D'Lo threw Towns where I was like, was that Ricky? No, that was D'Lo who threw that pass. So the connection lo- was looking good so yeah, far. Yeah, he's got that high-low, kind of like patient, you know, or pick. it's really kind of a pick and roll. Where, But then, you know, Towns rolls and just waits an extra moment till he gets his man all the way sealed. And then yep. like the two-hand lob over the top. And right it just, uh, you know, Towns being on the floor gives D'Lo just a little bit more space so that those shots he takes, while still kind of absurd, you know, that he makes, he takes and makes tough shots. That's his style. Mm-hmm. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, seeing him on the floor, it wasn't as like, you know, I just felt like in the early season when we were getting frustrated with his shot selection, it was just like, he couldn't do anything. He'd dribble it down. There's no spacing. And so he'd kind of just be forced to throw one up, you know, top of the key or a step inside the three-point line. And he didn't have those problems. The shots he were taking seemed better. And I think that's just a product of being on the floor with somebody like Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when we last saw D'Lo, there was no Towns. And, you know, as we're kind of saying, there's only played, you know, eight games together, whatever it is now. And and so we did. that just shows, too, even when Towns came back solo, it was like, oh, wow, this is like a totally different look. Just opened so much more up. Right. So now you put those two things together D'Lo and Towns and it's like okay now we have the space now we have the creation and um, you know things are a little more uh, flowing you kind of see it you're kind of like oh I get what we're trying to do you get it yeah too bad we can't Malik because then we could really see the full picture but you're just seeing like oh yeah you know two plus two can equal more than four you Mm know Mm -hmm. sometimes these guys unlock other aspects of other people's games that allow them to be the player we thought we were getting you know yeah I think the most interesting thing about the return of Russell um, especially now that there's a new coach you know he's returning he he got injured or you know had surgery under an old coach and now he's returning uh, to the new coach it's interesting that uh, Chris Finch has not played him at the point guard position in any of the minutes he's played in these two in these two games 
Rubio or uh, McLaughlin have been on the floor the entire time. So just a interesting, um, you know, little wrinkle there for um, you know for Chris Finch. Uh, I don't know if that's just based on what he thinks is right or just like watching how Russell ran the one, you know, through the Saunders games or something, but. I, I mean, it's. I think it's looked pretty good. I think, um, you know, I, I think just a lot of the issues with Russell and his inefficiency is just like he has the ball in his hand so much. So, you know, you get all these sort of off-balance weirdo shots and all these mid-rangers and all this stuff, whereas if he's off-ball, he can actually cut a little bit and he can actually do some other things. He doesn't actually have to have the ball in his hands all the time. And we talk about his lack of uh, athleticism. And so, um, you know, but he, he's still a really smart player. So I think that's interesting and something to watch for going forward. And maybe this isn't the way it'll be next next year, maybe not even going forward this year, but just an interesting idea of like, yeah, when you come back, this is how it's going to be. And um, so far, I think so good. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think Rubio also just has played so well over the last few weeks or the last month or whatever, that's hard to demote him back to the bench. So um, yeah, I've, I've been impressed by that, but I don't know what else have you seen Scott as far as in just, I guess it's only been two games, but you know, from Russell, any, any sort of things, other things pop out to you, whether good or bad. That was interesting. Another Chris Finch thing, having Russell come off the bench both games. You got to figure yeah. that's not going to stick around. But as long as he has the excuse of, yeah, there's a limits limitation. I don't know if there is. You know, the first game was against Sacramento. He was supposed to play like 15, 20 minutes. Ended up playing 25. Blew past it, yeah. You know, so it's maybe a very loose minutes limit. Maybe it's how you're feeling. But for whatever reason, for the time being, Finch has got D'Lo into buying in coming off the bench. It's just an interesting decision from Finch because you would think that you get your, you know, $30 million man back. It's an automatic that he's back in the starting gotta lineup. Got to start him. Yeah. So I think that uh, speaks to that as well. And But also from D'Lo, he had nine free throws against Sacramento, hit five of five against Indiana. This is a guy who could never get to the line. Unbelievable. And so I don't know if that's a product of having Cat. And, you know, as a guy who has to rotate over faster and be more aggressive and reckless on the rotations or something. But I like new D'Lo. If he's getting to the line at least five times a game, that'd be good news for the Timberwolves. D'Angelo Russell, I got ice in the veins. Yeah, totally. And I think a little bit does come from the off-ball stuff, too. You know, he can, again, get cuts to the rim and do some different things, kind of catch and go and kind of have that way is to get more of an advantage to the rim. We, you know, Again, we know he can't really blow by his guy, but if he can come off of, you know, an off-ball screen and, and curl into the paint and catch the ball and, and get fouled or something, like, I think that's interesting. And I think that speaks to the Chris Finch of it all and trying to find other ways to make him more effective and get and to the free throw line. And maybe it's also about his, uh, how, how in shape he is obviously you yeah. couldn't work out when he was rehabbing a knee so you can't have him taking up the ball up the court every single time you're gonna tire him out maybe this is an idea of yeah. keeping his legs fresh is you know let's have somebody else carry up the ball just a handful of times and then that way you're fresh to go on offense yeah i like that uh anything else on russell's guy i think uh i don't know i don't have much else it's good to have him back good to have you back bro he's hitting up all right uh he will not be heating up anymore this season can't get too high can't get too low ricky rubio would say that that's and right that's you know we were getting high uh for uh, like a whole like what three minutes off here we got just a little bit that yeah. jams tweet and russell back oh my god this is we're gonna get like 20 games of here seeing this go. team all together yeah, yeah. followed up like 30 seconds left on twitter maybe three minutes i don't know it just seemed like it was immediately follow yeah. up tim rolls guard malik beasley out for three to four weeks with this injury. Or four to six weeks, I think. Four to six yeah, weeks with yeah. the hamstring injury. Yeah. No, the Timberwolves cannot have nice things. You should know that by now. It could be the tagline of our podcast. Yeah, yeah. We can't have nice things. That's right. So uh, the hamstring injury, the grade three for Beasley, that sounds pretty intense. Really weird because it, there didn't seem to be any sort of like moment that it happened. It wasn't like they had to get him out of a game because he fell down or, you know, He's too tough, pulled Neil. it. 
He's not going to show you yeah. the hurt. Either it flared up after the game or, yeah, or it happened and, and you just kept going or whatever. But uh, happened off the court, maybe. Yeah. Extracurricular activities. Yeah, it could be. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I mean, Beasley, that's just tough. He came back, played two games or three games, I think, and then uh, and then that's it. And, you know, you got to think that's about it for him this year. Um, you know, we got about we got about five weeks left in the season for the Wolves in the regular season here. So, And, you know, the final week when you're the last place team, you usually shut down the stars. That's you know? right. That's right. Go yeah. with the all-rookie lineup. We're going to have Nas, uh, Jalen, Anthony, Jaden, and Jordan starting a game at the end of the season. Well, you know. Yeah, that's, you know how it's going to be. You can let's go, to our, really let's go to our uh, our medical team, Neil. Let's see what <laughs> Lucas Seehafer yeah, at S-E-E. H-A-F-E-R underscore right. on Twitter. He is the guy we go to for all of our injury news. He yeah. says, grade three is the most significant type of strain. Usually more means more than 50% of the muscle fibers were injured upon MRI. So it's e. serious stuff. That sucks. Um, yeah. It's kind of a bummer because he started out the season like game busters. You know, there was talk about all-star. No. Most improved. No. Three-point <laughs> contest, maybe. And then 12-game suspension for guns. And then, you know, this taking yeah. him out. It was really like he just hit a brick wall where all that momentum went away. So it'll be interesting to see in the offseason, one, what's his value, you know, around the league as a guy who really had a, a big first half, terrible second half. And, like, what does that mean for the Timberwolves going forward? Yeah, thankfully it's not a, you know, structural injury, you know. But oh, I yeah. think that, that also speaks to why, you know, even if he is a little bit ready to come back at the end of the year, I don't know, he just uh, – you could probably point to his – suspension as the reason this injury happened from having a little bit of time off in that kind of way not playing a game and come back and get injured um you know you don't want something like that to happen you know in in the middle of may and kind of you know set you back for the beginning of next year so i, I think they'll be extremely judicious here and be careful with uh, bringing it back i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing one we're trying to lose games y'all you know you know yeah know. race to the bottom you know Let's uh, tune into last week's episode. Here are Degrade for Cade That's theme right. music. That's right. And we'll talk about the implications of the losing, why we want it, and what that means. And so we won't waste your time with that here. But obviously having Beasley out helps us on that front. And two, I think the silver lining is, I mean, I was already worried about how Ant would react to D'Lo coming back. Just like Ant has been dominating the ball. He's been leading the team in usage rate and yeah. just really kind of finding his footing doing that. He's thriving under that system. So already I was a little worried D'Lo comes back, takes away the ball takes away the touches and yeah. then uh, worried what that would happen to Ant. And then if we got Beasley back, what's what's going to happen to Ant then? So I was, ball. I was worried about how Ant's success would react to his having his usage restricted. Um, so at least we won't have to worry about that. Seems like he can fit in with uh, D'Lo pretty well so far, and we won't have to worry about Beasley and all the touches that go around, at least not until next season probably. Yeah, so uh, farewell to uh, to the season for um, for Malik. You know, maybe we'll come back at the very end, but probably not. Probably not. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a good run while we had it. Malik from Mankato, all the way out there, in Mankato. He could go further. Malik from Duluth. He <laughs> could be, could be. All right. Uh, next thing here, full court press. He's on fire. Your uh, local squad, they're right, the best basketball team in the state of Minnesota. The most successful professional franchise in Minnesota state history. Actually, I guess the Minneapolis Lakers won five championships. Let's true, get that links one true. more. Just give them a few years. You know they're <laughs> going to be there in the next three years with the squad they got now. Give them three years. Yeah. They'll be back in those finals. They have come out with some brand new jerseys. Very exciting stuff because, like we just said, we are suckers for jerseys, logos, courts, any kind of fashion. And they uh, they had some eye-popping ones. Should we lead 
lead with the big one, Neil, or should we should we build up to it? Yeah, let's uh, let's build up to it because yeah, the, it's uh, you know it's it's league wide too, right? It's not just uh, oh yeah. It's not just the Lynx. Every team in the WNBA announced all their new jerseys. Uh, you know, the Nike thing has been happening, but uh, we got a refresh of the whole the whole situation. So the H E R her. It's time to tell her story. See what it explains for. You know how. I, I just said a weird word explains. Uh, Anyways, you know how the uh, the NBA has really funny names: the icon jersey, uh-huh. the statement jersey, the you city, know, yeah. yeah, the city earned. jersey, the earned edition. <laughs> Here are your titles for the uh, the WNBA jerseys: the heroine H, the explorer E, and the rebel R. Aha, uh-huh. it all lines for. up. Yes. Yep. So there are th- there are three new jerseys for the Lynx, and uh, two of them are in uh, exciting new colors. Their main jersey is, uh, you know, the Explorer jersey is is a blue, a very typical kind, kind of, of a brighter blue than they had blue. before. Yeah, kind of matches up obviously with the with the newest logos and colors that the Wolves and Lynx and Iowa it seems Wolves have a, done. It's definitely a brighter blue than the blue Timberwolves jerseys. Yeah, but, uh, it kind of almost reminds me a little bit more of the original blue. Totally. Just from the colors. But yeah, it's still got the kind of neon green for the green stripe that goes down the sides. Yes. And uh, yeah, the Explorer jersey has the Minnesota across the front. That's something new for the WNBA this year. Uh, their uh, last era, era of jerseys uh, just really had the um, the team logo on the front. And when the sponsor. Yeah, and the sponsor. And did not have the team name or even a number on the front, if you can believe that. There's numbers on the back of the WNBA jerseys, and there was numbers on the shorts. Um, so now the numbers are back on the front, and team names are back on the front as well. And uh, for, the, for the Minnesota one, or sorry, for the Explorer one, just says Minnesota across the front. So blue. very similar to the to the way the Wolves roll with that. Yep, it's a blue jersey, and mm-hmm. with on the stripes on the side, it's black and green stripes, which is pretty cool. I thought it was interesting the belt buckle logo. Uh, it's kind of the older logo. I'm not sure. I mean, it's updated with the newer colors, but I I wasn't aware that they had that version of the logo, kind of like oh yeah, the face on right, the straight on Link's face. You know, yep. I, I obviously know their logo, which is reminiscent of the Wolves logo. But it's the face on links kind of looks like their older logo. So yeah, it doesn't get interesting used, to see that pop up. It doesn't get used quite as much. You know, it's on some like hats and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah it's, it's I the, can tell it's been updated with the new colorway, though. It's got its eyes are kind of like that statement green color. So I know it's not just the old one, the one that's on my keychain, by the way. <laughs> got that links keychain on my keys. Love it. Yeah, totally. So and there's an interesting thing about the blue, though, is it does have some like link spots like hidden in it. Yeah, they kind um, of look like, like clouds, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, totally. So it's kind of a pattern. It's a little subtle. I mean, I, some photos make it look like it stands out. Other photos make it look like it blends in a little bit more. But yeah, it's, it's nice, in there. It's Maybe nice the right, a little busy. The, the right light, you'll hit it, and uh, you'll be able to see. But um, but yeah, that's a cool, good. Uh, you know, before good, we go to the third one. jersey, let me bring something up. I saw some people talking about. Mm-hmm. Are you dismayed or are you okay with it that the Lynx identity is so tied up with the Timberwolves identity? Like, all, what they do is always just a step to, step to the side. You know, some. Some WNBA teams don't have any colorways shared with the NBA team they share their city with. Some of that's because of ownership, like the Chicago Sky are not owned by the Chicago Bulls. So right. they have their own color scheme, their own arena, their own logos. The Sky has nothing to do with Bulls, you know? Yeah. So uh, I was just wondering, you as a WNBA fan, how do you feel when the, the WNBA team's visual identity corresponds to the 
you know, the NBA. Yeah, I think as long as there's, a, you know, you have that brother team in town, then then go for it. You know, I think it just and it's the same organization, same owner and all that stuff. I say I say you do it then. But it is kind of freeing for the rest of the teams, you know, like Vegas, some other teams like Vegas and stuff like that. Where they don't have any is there still team in Tulsa. Uh, nope, they moved to da- uh, to Dallas. So, uh, yeah. Okay, because that, so, that was a team that never used the same colorway. Yeah, KC. Yeah, Seattle still does. Um, Washington still does. So, yeah, most of the teams do that. And I, I don't know. I guess it, it, you could see it as constricting or whatever. Like you know, you're stuck in these colors go, or whatever. Go back down to that Seattle Storm one. It looks yeah. like that's some Supersonics inspired yeah, totally. stuff. So They've always had the that's y- it. Even, isn't even in the city anymore, and this energy is still going. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I like it when, when you're playing in the same building. You're sharing, especially with the Wolves, how they share all the same facilities and all that. Same owner. So I like it. Too. It makes sense. I like it too. Um, all right, then they have a white jersey now. This is the first time ever, uh, or maybe not ever, but uh, they've had white ones in the past. But lately, they've been going with gray. Though. Yes, it's been, been gray for the past several years, and I'm never the biggest fan of gray. I like trying something different, but I, I did not like them very much. How did you feel? Yeah, about the, gray? the gray, the gray can go. We're done with the gray. Um, no one really liked it. That we had like the Mayo on it and stuff. Mayo Clinic, and this is so much better because uh, the white is better, but then it also has the nice like bright green accents. Yeah. Um, on the piping, um, the lettering and the numbers never popped off the gray jersey. You know, because yeah, exactly. it's just hard to have that contrast when gray is your color that you're contrasting it with. Yeah, totally. So now we have the bright uh, Aurora green. Ooh. We forgot one of my favorite parts, the neck logo. Oh, you yeah. know how when you win a championship in the NBA, you get that little patch on the, the, on the nape back. of your neck yeah. where it has the, it's the trophy and then it's a number of how many championships your team has won. I love it. There's nothing cooler than seeing yeah. a team like the Raptors go forever without one and then they win they one, one and then forever they get to have one. And there's yeah. a couple of squads where you're like, I remember Golden State before they went on their run. Was it even going on that far back? I feel like I remember, no, they always had one because they won one way back in the day. They but there are some one, yeah. teams where it's just like, they never had one. Then they win one. You're like, oh, it's so cool there that they is. have one. Now the Cavs were a team that was like that. Where yes. It's like, it's so cool that forever you can never take it away. And then your Minnesota Lynx had that four. Ooh. They've got the patch and it's it says four. Yeah. That's right. No one else has four. I mean, I love it. I mean, the, the no, no active franchise has four. The Houston Comets did. But if you, no if you personalize a Brunson jersey, you can write five. <laughs> there you go. We'll scribble it in with a marker. Five player. So, yeah, the white one looks nice. It's the heroin uh, version. I think that one will do pretty well. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's cool. So I feel like those are, like, their main two, right, the blue and the white. But the one that we're all spending money on. Oh, yeah. It's kind of their city edition. It's called the Rebel and shout out to the music venue. Hopefully it's still there. Yeah. First Ave, everybody. We've been talking about First Ave jerseys for years. In fact, before the Timberwolves released their very first City Edition jersey, Neil and I had a post for Canis where we photoshopped a bunch of our ideas for Canis yeah, or did. for City Editions. And Neil Neil made a First Avenue one. Yeah. And Neil, I think this one's a little better than yours. Uh, but obviously they were inspired by yours. So I would say of course. You, know, you, you had the idea and they ran with it. So I, <laughs> I, I think you definitely deserve some credit. Um, but just a very cool jersey. It's black with the kind of white gray of, uh, you know, silver, I suppose it is. Yes. First Avenue. It's got the stars that are kind of a star pattern. Uh, if you don't know, First Avenue is a legendary music venue in downtown Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, best known for maybe being the setting of Purple Rain, uh, the movie with Prince. A lot of all the performance scenes take place there. Just a legendary venue, the most famous venue in Minnesota. And uh, it's very distinctive. It used to be a busty bow and it's black and there's stars on the outside of the building. 
building and bands that play at First Avenue can have their name painted in one of the stars on the outside of the building. So very iconic uh, for anyone who lives in the Minneapolis area. Um, they've adapted that logo, which kind of has like a marquee sign kind of effect where it's a that's rectangle key. with that's lines key. coming through It's got through the lines it. going through it, right? Yep, yep, they adapted it. that for the big M-I-N-N. Once again, Min. We talked about that a little earlier with the yeah, City Edition jerseys wolves, this year for the yeah. Wolves. Um, very cool. They basically just redid the First Avenue logo, but instead of First Avenue, it says Minnesota on the belt buckle logo. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, there's a star pattern throughout them that I looks just... Looks really good. Looks amazing. Um, I was telling you, I can't decide what I want more, the shorts or the jersey. Either way, look fantastic. Yeah, oh, it's going to be hard to pick a player. Yeah. You go with Collier? Does it just have to be Collier? Uh, for me, it's Fowles. I, I okay. like her the most. I mean, yeah, Collier, Collier and uh, Dangerfield. Dangerfield would be like probably the best, Best, uh, you know, they're, they're f- more future-proof, Ooh, but, I guess. You know, I don't know. Maybe McBride sells some jerseys. Yeah, no, there's, there's going to be a bunch of them. And, uh, you know, but still, I like Syl the most. She, you know, I like talking to her. I like, uh, you know, I like her game, but I, I also just like her personally, too. Yeah. She's so nice. Um, but yeah, that is huge. I mean, yeah, like you said, we've been pitching this. This seems like a, you know, obvious thing, right? Like First Avenue is Kitty Corner from Target Center. It's right there. Even if, even if nothing else, it's like, it's right there. And like the you said, the links- thing, too, is that they did such a good job with it. You know, it's, yeah. it's an idea that you don't, it's such a good idea that you don't want to ruin it. It kind of felt right. the same way with the Prince ones. Like, sure. we're only going to get one shot at these probably. So you better do it right. Make them yeah. count. And boy, did they. They look terrific. Yeah, totally. They remind me of, uh, of the uh, Rising stars uh jer- black jersey that i yeah, have that you the, have from wiggins when yeah, it was in brooklyn like yeah like 2016 or whatever yeah. it was the brooklyn rising stars uh all-star game remind me of that i love a black jersey uh i can't wait to see these pop on the court see how those stars uh pop out there and i uh, think it's it's no contest that these are the best basketball jerseys in minnesota right yeah i think so right better, now better yeah. than anything the wolves have better yeah. anything the gophers have totally you know? Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I think they'll be big. I mean, just really excited about um, about this and league-wide, too. I think there's going to be, you know, people are going to be making a lot of news about these, and uh, they go on sale next week. Um, you just know. a reminder, everybody. Minnesota Lynx, with a rookie point guard, <laughs> right. who is your second-best player, a sophomore, who is your best player in Nafisa Collier, and then your best, you know, the MVP, uh, Fowles, she was out. Like the whole season. Yeah, she so like five games. riding your rookie and your sophomore, you make it to the conference finals. You're three wins away from the finals. Crazy. You played the Seattle Storm champions better than the finalists did. The Aces didn't play them as well as the yeah, Lynx did. Yeah. And this is a team that wasn't supposed to do anything last year. So this year we get all these great free agents and new players coming in. And you're going to have an extra year on Dangerfield, an extra year of experience on Collier. Ooh. Fouls is back. This team has got to be a championship contender. Yeah, I believe they will be. There's probably like four teams that can win it all, maybe five. And uh, I think the Lynx are one of them. So, yeah, um, no schedule released yet. It's kind of odd, but they have to they have to deal with the whole Olympic situation. So I'm yeah. not sure if the Olympics are for sure happening or not. And so, like, the either the league is going to take a month off or not. So I think that is maybe what's delaying things. But uh, the season should be getting going mid-May. So a little over a month. There'll be WNBA basketball. So uh, get ready. Lynx are practicing now so. get your vaccines and so you can go to those games that's right let's do it but yeah check out the new Lynx jerseys let us know what you think um on twitter and we'd love to hear yeah what you think about them Lynx unis um all right let's uh before we get to uh before we get to worried or worried not worried we gotta talk uh sponsor scott time to get paid money 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 
Let's uh, let's do it. What do we have here today? Oh, I'm really excited for this one this week, Neil, because after six years of being the most popular and successful podcast around, we have the pleasure to announce the brand new Wolvescast Podcast Network. Ooh. In addition to our flagship show, Wolvescast, the new network will feature many exciting shows we'd like to preview for you today. First up, we have Under the Table, a true crime podcast. It was the NBA crime of the century. The Minnesota Timberwolves signed Joe Smith to an illegal contract. But did Glenn really do it? And who is the real villain of this story? Glenn Taylor or David Stern? We explore this dark chapter of Wolves history, uncovering new evidence and revelations that threaten to make you question everything you know about the most scandalous crime in league history. We also have Crunch's Kitchen, hosted by Target Center head chef David Fema. Hopeless in the kitchen? Well, so is Timberwolves mascot Crunch. Wolves are not naturally good cooks. Join world-renowned Twin City chef David Fema as he teaches your favorite mascot the ins and outs of cooking. He'll walk you through the process of cooking Crunch's favorite meals like raw elk, moose, and even gourmet popcorn. After just a few episodes, you'll be able to prepare all of Crunch's favorite snacks to enjoy while watching your Minnesota Timberwolves. Up next, we have Inside Wolvescast, a podcast about the history and production behind our show. Hosted by frequent guest host Robert with an H, each episode explores a true Hollywood story behind runaway hit podcast, Wolf's Cast. Join Robert as he discovers which mics we use, how we solicit sponsors for our pod, and the secret history behind our third original host, Chad Olstad. For diehard Wolf's Cast fans only, listen to Inside Wolf's Cast today. That's not it. There's more. We also have Wolves Minus. It's like Wolves Plus, but the host is Andrew Wiggins, so the interviews won't be very illuminating. Be sure to check out Wolves Casted. Are you devastated each week when you finish the latest episode of Wolves Cast? Well, now you can get more Scott and Neil as they grant their biggest fans unprecedented access to their personal lives. Wolves Casted features an audio and video stream broadcasted live on Twitch. Whether they're watching the Timberwolves, eating breakfast, or taking a dump, you'll hear it and see it all. That's not all. We have Spinning the Hits with DJ Mad Mardigan. Each week, join Timberwolves DJ Mad Mardigan as he spins a playlist of the beats and jams you hear at every Target Center game. And finally, Every Game Ever, a show that rewatches every Wolves game ever played, starting in 1989. Hosts are TBD once we find a charming masochist who is crazy enough to subject themselves to the misery. Thank you to Wolvescast Podcast Network for sponsoring our show. Up next, time for Worried Not Worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm really, really worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm freaking out here. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I mean, why, why would I be worried? I'm not worried. I'm not worried. You're not worried, are you? All right. Like I said earlier, the anxiety is building up. We haven't done this uh, segment in a while. So we have uh, some topics here we have to get to and uh, decide whether we are worried or not worried um, about the the following things here, Scott. Uh, let's uh, let's dive right into it here. First thing, worried or not worried about the Wolves winning themselves out of the bottom three? What do you think? Should we be worried about that? I know they just gave up 77 points and a half. To the Indiana Pacers, who Houston's didn't have all their players. Houston's on a five or six game losing streak, though. Oh, They're catching man. up. It's that time of season. They're, Teams are bottoming up. Teams are dang. starting to play as bad as the Wolves have played all season. Uh, yeah, so should we be worried about this? I mean, like we said, it's not about just having the, the worst record. That doesn't really matter. But Bottom three. Got to stay in that bottom three. Neil, I'm happy to say I'm not worried. I'm yeah. not worried about this because, one, 
When has this Timberwolves squad ever shown you that they can be successful? This team has disappointed us in every way that a team can. I just don't believe it's possible for them to be anything better than the third worst team in the league. They're just that bad. You know, I just don't think, even if we had the full team, this is a bad squad. So I don't think we need to be worried about that. And you know what? Even if it happens, it's a blessing. Because then we won't have to torture ourselves before the lottery being like, oh, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. Everyone could just be realist, own up to the fact that we're not getting our pick, and worry about something else. Because it's not coming, people. I'm telling you right now. We'll finish the bottom three record. It's not coming. This will hurt less if we win our way out. Because at the very least, we have some forward momentum at the end of the season. You can say, hey, those Timberwolves, they won, you know, like 10 of their last 30 games. Maybe we have a little bit of optimism going into next season, and uh, that will offset, you know, the disappointment that people would have over we us not getting the pick, which we're not getting. Scott, you don't have to say it every episode, okay? You I just want people to. to understand. I'm trying <laughs> to help you guys, you know? Our fans know. Some people have not been around the block as many times, and I can see them online getting concerned. I see Sometimes you see people go through the motions of being a Timberwolves fan online. You could tell if they're built the last or not sure, with this franchise, because sure. you're like, ooh, buddy, you can't take it so personally. This is the Timberwolves yeah yeah um i'm with you i'm not too worried about this yet i mean we haven't really seen anything you know it's not like the team has gone on a you know three game winning streak or something like that can't even win consecutive games (laughs) so you know i think there's nothing there's nothing that's too scary here other than towns playing really well and dilo coming back but hey like we mentioned at the same time you have beasley getting shelved potentially for the season and you don't, you know, yeah, Houston has been awful um, in their last like twenty games, twenty five games, or whatever. But they're only three and seven in their last ten, and that goes for any of the other bad teams. Even the Wolves were three and seven in their last ten. All these other bad teams, Detroit, Orlando, Washington, none of them are like zero and ten in their last ten, right? Everyone is still winning one game a week or something like that. So yeah. the pace hasn't really changed quite yet, and no other teams are like really shutting down their guys quite yet. So and if you look at the Rockets, yeah, they only have one more win than us but they also have two fewer losses than us uh-huh. so yeah they're not as close as it looks yeah so you know things are still looking good for the wolves here unless uh two other teams really want to uh really you know speed up the pace and here like you said what's the worst case scenario is the town the towns and delo play so well together they rip off a 50 percent winning percentage for the rest of the season yeah then in the summer you got towns and delo instead of them being like this sucks we need to get out of here this won't work they could be like well we were a 500 team when towns and delo were back let's run that back for a season get excited for next true, year true make it easier for them to sell those season ticket packages please help those people out <laughs> Season ticket reps have had it so hard. I need your help. Get for, a mem- buy a membership. For so long. Help them out, please. Yeah. They have to cold call to you. All right. What's the next one, Scott? What do we got? All right. Well, you saw it on the bench during Indianapolis, Indianapolis Pacers games, the Indiana yeah. Pacers games. <laughs> not a good state, not a good city, everyone. I've been to both, let me tell you. Um, but you saw it on the bench. You know, stoic, tough guy on the floor, not letting you see it. On the bench, just writhing in pain, basically. The left wrist really bothering Towns. We know he's been playing through that injury. And, you know, the question is, is he, you know, doing long-term damage? You know, what's happening with the wrist? So, Neil, my question for you, are you worried about Carl Towns' left wrist? Oh, my God! Yeah, Carl, that that, uh, that shot of Carl was uh, why I wrote this one in our document here, Scott. Uh... That was really, really tough to see. It just seemed like he was beside himself, you know, just like shaking his head in pain. He had like the team trainer like consoling him or something. Like, geez, like, and we give we give Carl crap for being like overly dramatic and stuff all the time. So maybe it was a little taste of that. But um, you know, he was uh, clearly bothering him. You know, you see it multiple times in a game whenever he gets fouled or falls down the wrong way or something. He'll hold it. He's got it wrapped up again. So. 
clearly something's going on there. And uh, I guess it's sort of a weird thing to be worried about because, yeah, worst case scenario, you get shut down early and then you just lose more games, I guess. So <laughs> these last two worried, not worried, kind of uh, dovetail together because, uh, you know, they kind of fit like that. But I guess I'm not too worried because I don't think it could be a long term thing. But he hurt his wrist last year, right? Like that's why he he missed a bunch of games, I think, in the first chunk, right? He missed or was that like a broken broken thumb or something I right don't remember um but he's had these issues yeah with the you know with the extremities but um you know i guess the worst case scenario would be carl has to well not worse worse would be like you know something it that snaps bothers off him. and he can never he play only again. has one hand um but you know i think again this is probably going to be what they point to when they eventually do shut him down for the season just a matter of when that is you know i guess so seems it's inevitable he'll have an off-season surgery yeah 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 exactly so uh hopefully it's just uh minor and hopefully it's something that you know he's just having a hard time with again he's playing great he's shooting the ball well he's scoring a bunch he's rebounding like he's doing it all so it's not really affecting him on the floor quite yet at least what he's showing us so not too worried about this one but it is concerning when you see him again like writhing in pain and thing and all that so i hope i uh, hope that can heal up for him just so he can have a little bit of some relief i guess when he is back um but yeah uh, not too worried about this one um but yeah next one here um you didn't ask if i was concerned oh sorry i thought you sorry you started with scott what do you think are you concerned about the wrist of carl anthony towns no i'm not let's go on to the next one <laughs> all right next uh, uh my point is only that this team has the medical staff has not shown a willingness to play injured players. Think about all the guys we've been missing all year long. So it would be concerning to me if the medical staff bucked the trend and we're <laughs> letting Carl Anthony Towns injury risk playing. I'm sure right, it's something right. that if you can manage the pain, you can play. And yeah. Carl's trying his best at that. So that's why I'm not concerned. Totally. All right, next one. Uh, worried or not worried about uh, Anthony Edwards building bad habits on defense. Uh, I think the idea here is that you know, uh, he, he's obviously a very bad defender, but there's not any consequences for his bad defense. It's because the Andrew he's a, Wiggins syndrome. He's number one in overall pick. Hey, you get all you can eat, Rook. Get it's out not, there. It's not quite Wiggins' level of you're playing 40 minutes a night regardless. Right, right, right. Like how many years in the row did Andrew Wiggins lead the league in minutes played? It's so many. And so, uh, you know, huh. I'm, I, it's not quite at that level yet, but... You know, it's definitely, I mean, it's so bad. You know, just like yeah. all those McDermott layups from the Indiana game, that was all Ant. Ant will let the guy blow past him, and then Ant won't be able to catch up. And then you're like, why are they getting so many open layups? Watch the plays back. It's Ant every single time. It was Ant all along. For all my Disney Plus heads out there, uh, it was Anthony all along. But is that Wanda? It's what a Wanda okay, okay, okay. reference. Got the it. real ones will know. But also, just like transition defense, look, why are we so bad? Rewind it. Mostly Ant. Like he's the, destructive, and he will just not even watch his man. How many times has there been like a backdoor cut where he doesn't realize his man is scoring until the ball's through the hoop? You know. So, I mean, on one hand, he's 19 years old. No rookie is good at defense. Well, I take it back. Jaden McDaniels, you're making me eat my words, Jaden. He's, uh, he's yes. great on defense. He's Our best exception. defender. He's, he's a teenager. Exception, though. But the, the vast majority of rookies suck at defense. It's really hard to get. Um, and even though some of these are like focus issues, like he's not paying attention even, that's what worries me a little bit more because he has such yeah. a high usage rate. It's the James Harden thing. He's carrying such a heavy load for our offense right now. You understand that he's not going to be able to be at 100% on defense all the time. So our team has to do a better job of helping him on defense because if he's – we can't really dial him down on offense. Maybe we can now that Russell's here, but he's been so necessary. His ability to just take all those shots, even though some of those shots seem bad, 
there's not a lot of guys on our, our team who can squeeze the trigger 10 times in a game. We just don't have players capable of that. So I understand it's a necessary load that he's carrying on offense. And as a consequence, he's letting his defense fail. But I guess my thing is just the focus stuff. Cause like he'll talk about effort, you know, and I think he's just, you know, it's not like he doesn't want to give it effort on defense. He's just getting tired out from giving that effort on offense. Uh, my worry is though, just the focus stuff. Like he is so, he doesn't even pay attention to it, you know? So that's my only concern, but I'm not going to get too hard on him. He's 19 years old and he's rocking like a 28% usage rate or something <laughs> right now, you know? So yeah, pretty high, pretty high for a youngster. But it's just that we saw those issues develop. We said the same thing about Levine, about Wiggins, about how many guys we've come in over the years. We've said, well, they're rookies and then they never figure it out. You know, better. so yeah. how do you feel? Yeah, I, I think out of all of these, this is the one that worries me the most. Just because, like you said, he's getting all the minutes no matter what. But I think it's also like the players around him. Like he sees D'Lo, he sees Beasley. Like I feel like these are guys he looks up to. Obviously, Beasley. I mean, they're you know they had the press conference. Those two are pals. Um, but those guys get the same kind of thing. None of the, these those guys are also really bad defenders who you know kind of pick and choose when they when they give effort. And you know Carl's better this year, and and so maybe that's an exemption there. But. I am worried about him kind of being around such a bad um, defensive situation here and kind of, again, like you're saying, kind of learning to just be like, all right, as long as I get my points, it's it's a net positive. It's so, okay if I give up a three as long as I hit the three next time. Yeah, down, you know? yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I do think he will improve. I'm not actually worried about his defense overall, but as far as this question is stated that these bad he's letting these bad habits happen, I, I am worried about that because again, that there's not any consequences at all other than the fact that the team's losing and he's saying the right things after the game, but it doesn't really seem like he gets it. So um it's definitely a huge problem. And yeah, it would be really sad if he did have that Zach Levine um trajectory here. And hey, Zach is one of the best shooting guards in the league now. He's, he's an all-star. All-star. He made it but the same thing. It's the exact same thing. It's like, I don't want Anthony Edwards to look at that and be like, yeah, I can do that too. Because it's like, look at D-Lo be great. like, I can get a max contract F- uh, over yeah. all shooting, no defense. You know? And it is true. You can get by with no defense. You can be an all-star with no defense. But that's not actually sort of where the glory is in the NBA. you got to be in the playoffs. you got to be. Zach exactly Levine's never played a playoff game. He's like, never played for a winning team. Exactly. So I hope that, he, that Anthony Edwards is smarter than all this and understands that, yes, you could do it like this, but it's not how you want to be, <laughs> be doing this. So. Uh, a little bit worried on that one, but I uh, guess the we'll silver see. lining would be that he's just because he's not paying attention to defense. He's not showing bad instincts at defense. He's just showing that he's not paying attention. So it's not like he's trying hard and being a bad defender. Yeah, like that Zach would be Levine worse. Could be sometimes that'd be worse if he was like all effort, kind of like Beasley was this year, where it's yeah. just like you're you're clearly hustling out here, but you don't know what you're it's really not doing. accomplishing anything. At yeah. the very t- there are flashes where he's kind of like Andrew Wiggins in that sense. There are flashes where he'll lock down a guy, and you're like, "There's the defense yeah, we've been looking for." Yeah. Why can't that be 40 minutes a game exactly. instead of just you know five possessions? But the ability is there. Yeah, we're gonna hope that uh, Chris Finch is uh, the right voice in his ear to get that out of him. Um, all right, Scott, what's the last one? Last one here. Neil, are you worried about catching COVID at the Target Center? Ooh, I hadn't really thought about this. I, I mean, know you're we going. We talked back. about it a little bit. I don't have tickets yet, um, but yes, I probably I, I got to think I'll attend at least one game here before things are all said and done. Um, catching COVID. You are fully vaccinated. We are yes. I am one shot in. That's I get my right. second shot on That's the twenty first. Right. Yep, I've I had my one and done, and it's been like a month. So, I'm I'm there. Um, I guess I'm not worried about it because I mean I guess I'm a little bit worried about it, but you know just with all the precautions and you know I believe the space. You, everyone's all spaced out. I think as long as 
I keep my mask on the whole time. I'll be fine, you know. So, um, you know, I think it kind of takes two to to make something bad happen here, right? You, you got to buy multiple seats, though. Are your guests going to be fully vaccinated? That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'll probably wait till you're all the way there, and then maybe that'll be the only way I go. But. Uh, I'm not too worried about this one. I believe all the precautions will be there. And, um, you know, as we've seen, you know, Minnesota is fantastic with uh, with the vaccine rollout. So I believe, you know, most folks who are going to be there will be like us and be like, yeah, I'm going to wait till I'm all the way vaccinated and stuff. So probably won't be too many dummies. I mean, it's uh, it's not just like general public. I mean, it is, but it's like all these people are paying to be there. They're probably also in the right headspace for these types of things. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. It hasn't been something I've thought about. But uh, what about you, Scott? Are you worried about this even after after vaccination? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Just COVID in general, man. It's yeah. not time to let our guards down. Be worried. Stay worried. Stay vigilant, everyone. The finish line may be in sight, but we're not there yet. We're getting some big spikes right now. So uh, just be you know be precautious. Yeah. Take precaution. Yeah. And uh, you know, in terms of specifically at the Target Center, the only, my only worry about the Target Center would be if I did catch COVID at the Target Center and I had to explain to someone that I went to go see the 15 win <laughs> Minnesota Timberwolves, had to go see the Minnesota Timberwolves in their final week of the season to watch them, you know, get the worst record, you know, one of the three worst records in franchise histories. I had to be there. I had, I had to. to be there. You I know, had to do it. I, it, I you know didn't want to catch COVID, but I had to see this last place team. <laughs> lose to some other team you know totally. so that's my only worry is that if i did catch it i'd have a hard time i'd have to come up with a better story like i was donating stuff at a hospital and you know how yeah. it is, you know like i was giving blood and you know they it just, just happen yeah, exactly i'll have to come up with a better story because you could not live that down all right that's worried not worried let us know what you're worried about are you going to target center what's up with that um let us know and uh let's uh, let's get to weekly wolfies here your weekly wolfie all right the segment where we give awards for good and bad things i'm going negative this week scott Ooh, i I'm can't wait it you never i don't know. do this very often but check it out the delo stands are back i don't know if you've noticed but uh they're in the mentions they're uh they're circling again it's amazing how uh, when their guy's not playing, they don't they don't they don't like bother with the wolves, right? They don't even really care. We're talking about we're talking about people who are fans of a specific player, oh, right? Yeah. And I, I, I everyone know, will I, remember the Derrick Rose heads. There we go. I don't have specific shade if you like a certain player or whatever, but I can't imagine being like a such a defender of a certain player at this level. Where it's just like you're just like on and off as they're on and off. Are they playing tonight? Okay, cool. I'm watching. Though they're not playing, I'm out. I'm all the way out. I don't care about this team or anything like that. So, a, I just don't understand the mentality of that kind of thing. Um, hey, we all like to watch good players. We all like to watch games. Hey, if I see like a if Luca's not playing, I'm not watching that Mavs game or whatever. So I get that, but like to be so defensive and to be so um, you know just fired up on other people on Twitter just to me it takes a special kind of person to, to have that kind of mentality and uh, it's it's tough to see the D-Rose stands are back um, you know this is not on the level of the D-Rose stands the D-Rose stands are much worse a unique breed really. a unique breed that you know I think they come they kind of come from the same place of like they're so enamored by this player that they are blind to all the flaws no matter what how big or small they might be but we with with Rose, it was worse because these people were defending his off the court uh, behaviors. Yeah. You know his his consent stuff, his legal trouble, all of that was really what they were defending. Whereas D'Lo. 
people are just defending that he's actually like a superstar player or something like that, right. or even like a star player, which he's not. And so that's that's not as bad as D Rose, but it still sure is annoying. And uh, it's a bummer that they're back. And you know, I try not to feed them too much. I guess I will. I will maybe try and do a little clap back or explain my point because I get this stuff when I tweet negative things about D Lo. They come out and uh, and come after it. So I don't know. I, I guess I will reply back to them. But I, I'm not going to get too angry at specific maybe, ones because that's what I want. Maybe, but hey, here maybe, I am on this show. We probably have a lot more followers and listeners. I know. If you, if you were trolling more you know, hot takes. The D-Lo army. You got to you know you got to <sighs> provoke controversy to get attention these days. Yeah. So maybe we need you to you know go to battle with them a little more often. The main thing I don't like about the D-Lo stands is they make me feel like I don't want him to do well, and it's not the case. I'm just trying to call a spade a spade, right? I'm just trying to tell you what I'm seeing on the floor right there. I wish D'Lo well. I hope for the Timberwolves' sake that him and Towns are great together. I do not wish him to fail, but I'm not going to sugarcoat it if that's not what's happening. So that's the only problem for me is it's like they're making me feel like I'm like got it out for this guy or something when really I'm just telling you what I think about him in his career so far. So I hope D'Lo improves. I hope so far so good, right? In these two games, playing pretty well off the bench. Let's go. Um, so maybe it's figured out. Maybe in time, him and Towns Will will really be a great a great match, and maybe his terrible defense won't be such a um, a bad thing for the team. So we'll see about that. But I'm bummed out that the Delo stands are back. Don't be one of those people. That's all. That's and for our filthy. older listeners, Stan is a person <laughs> who is a big fan, is a diehard fan, maybe a little bit too much of a fan of a certain person, derived from the Eminem song, Stan. I didn't realize that at first. That is where it comes from, is you're standing for someone. You yeah. are being Stan, the yeah. guy who writes the letter. You've all heard the song. You know. Come on. Dido. You know Stan. Dido, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you got it. All right, Scott, what you got for Weekly Wolfies? All right. Well, I've been playing around on this one, and I saw some stuff this week that made me just buy back in. Last three years, the Twins branding has been so good. The commercials are so loud and flat with pops of color, great music, very internet, you know, like culture-wise, like lots of GIF kind of stuff or play on images and stuff like that. Been very excited. Every year I'm like, man, this is so good. And every year it gets better. And this year they've improved upon it. They're doing something like really, I think that, I think it's cool, but it could be potentially off-putting. If you look at like their header image, it's like a, kind of like an 8-bit uh, twins logo, but it's glitch art where like the it's glitched so that the letters don't line up. And it's just like, it seems potentially confusing to, you know, someone who is just like been a twins fan since the 80s and you know listens to you know it just it's it's so modern and youth focused and has so much energy i was like wow i love this i can't believe that they're now going in this this pixel glitch art kind of direction that they have been this season yeah, and i've seen a little bit of it. i like it I, the tc bear twitter logo is this yeah, yeah. It, it, they're doing some really wild stuff with it and so finally i asked you know who's doing this and I got an answer. It's Carmichael Lynch. They are an advertising agency here in the cities. Uh, here's just a little a paragraph from an article that Neil will link in the show notes. Uh, the bold new campaign introduced a design system that injected youth fun and mod- modernity into the 60-year-old baseball club. Bold colors, large lettering, and an irres- irre- irrepressibly fun vibe, plus funky appearances by the team's TC Bear mascot, define such work, which surely ranks among the most eye-catching promos produced for any MLB club today. Imbued with a comic book sensibility, the campaign feels retro-modern, a par- pop art pastiche that reflects the pure joy kids of all ages feel for the game. So the article is called How Carmichael Lynch Gave the Surging Minnesota Twins a Fresh Pop Art Feel, 
And that is two years old. It'll go into kind of like year one of the decisions. And then from there, you'll recognize what I'm talking about. You'll check out the Minnesota Twins Twitter account, their social media. They're all using it. And you'll be like, wow, now I know where that comes from. So shout out to the Twins. Shout out to Carmichael Lynch. Baseball is a sport that doesn't take risks. And this uh, this is definitely a risk that they took. I think it's very cool. So check it out. Uh, twins doing it right. Would love to see the Timberwolves embrace something like that going forward. I'm surprised I didn't reference this. But to me, it reminds me of the the want the walks will haunt oh yeah right? sure like, to me it's yeah, like the old metrodome to... kind of like yeah the metrodome was low low fi you know so you just using that's the all light they could lights, do yeah <laughs> they would make a like a little pixel ghost with the words walk will haunt walks will haunt so any twins fan worth their salt knows walks will haunt so yeah check it out it's all just glitchy and uh super fun you know so keep it up twins i'm loving it yeah really cool look there all right nice time to play a game that's I'm excited all right, let's get it going. Uh, we're switching it up this week. It's the remix edition of uh, of the end of our podcast. Usually, Scott, you know, he is the he's the trivia host. He's the trivia master. Um, but hey, we need to switch it up every now and then and uh, make sure Scott stays uh, sharp with his Timberwolves uh, knowledge and trivia. So I'm so excited about this. I, uh, I have the questions today. That's what's happening. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, I'm like nervous because I don't know the questions. You know, it's I like think, this must be how you feel every week. I don't know. You have no idea even what the theme is um but you're about to find out because uh we mentioned earlier um that uh malik beasley is out for the rest of the year and uh he's out for the season but uh he's finished with 37 games played this season so we're gonna play a game with some trivia about malik beasley's season Ooh. his stats these kind of things i'm worried this this game might be a little tough here scott oh, I, I hope i, I hope I, I deserve it i would I say i didn't want to take it easy on you but i also didn't want to make it too hard but we'll see here we'll see what we get um on that's this the, that's the art of writing trivia questions is threading that needle <sighs> so hard so hard all right we got five questions here number one beasley will fall short of topping kevin love for the most threes made in a single timberwolf season instead his 128 threes uh put him fifth all time so still still made it into the into the top 10 as far as uh total threes made in a single season but uh, other than love and towns can you name one other Wolves player who made more threes in a single season? So Beasley is five, and uh, there's two more in the top uh, in the top five, uh, Love and Towns. But there's Great two question. others. There's two others in here. Uh, number two all time and number four all time. Um, can you name either of them most threes in a single Timberwolves season? Okay, I've got some some names. Who are your contenders? Who are your contenders that? Who come to mind? Well, you know, on one hand, you think of more recent guys just because that's the nature more of the game. More threes, you yeah. know, more threes. So, you know, I mean, one name that comes to mind, but maybe it was too many years ago, would be Kevin Martin, who is one of the best three-point shooters in Wolves history. I'll give you a hint. It was not in the last five years. It was not in the last five years. That's right. Wow. Um, okay, well, I saw that he hit a lot as a rookie, so I'm going to guess Wes Johnson. The two players who have uh, made more are Rashad McCants. He's number two. Well, let me guess number four then. Yep. Ricky Davis. Isaiah Ryder. Ah, Ryder. Number wow. four with 139. Yeah, wow. I couldn't believe that one. He was getting them up. It's crazy that it's crazy that this record hasn't been broken so many times over. Because I mean, Beasley was going to smash it. He played 37 games and made 128. Yeah. Ryder played a whole season and made 139. If we have a whole but, season next year, D'Lo, Beasley, Cat. I'll do it. We'll all do it. They'll all get over and may, 200. Maybe even, maybe even Ant, just with the volume he shoots it at. Let's go. I hope so. 
Wow. I All love right. I love that early in the season they did the teams who have never had a guy make 200 in a season. Right. Yeah. Trivia. That was really good. <laughs> All right, number two. Wow. Malik was able to set the Timberwolves record for three-pointers made per game averaged. Okay? Ooh, okay. So he averaged the most made three-pointers. Uh, per game this season again in only 37 games but we're still counting it for the you know for the results of this question um how many made threes did he average this year well round to round to the nearest uh half half uh half made three (laughs) 4.5 Ooh, so close 3.5 okay okay before that the next highest was like kevin love like 2.6 sure or something like that but I was yeah. just thinking, oh, there's so many games earlier in the season where he kept getting to his record. Like, he had eight in a game, and he got up to eight several times earlier in the season. So Yeah, he, okay. was, he was he was taking, I think he was averaging, like, almost nine threes a game, and yeah. he made three and a half of them okay. per game. It was like 3.52 or something like that. It was very close to 3.5. Number three, making 85% of his free throws this season, Beasley fell short of the team's all-time free throw percentage top ten list for a single season. Okay. Right. Um, which former Wolves player holds three of the top ten best free throw percentage seasons in team history? This player is the only person who's in the top ten multiple times, and he has three of them. Um, this is, yeah, this, again, this is not someone in the last five years, but uh, I think free throw percentage, and this is someone who did it three times. And, uh, yeah, it's no one else. Everyone else is only there once. All your favorite shooters in, in, in Wolves history have only been there one time. But I this think player, this player holds the record for most consecutive free throws made by a Timberwolf. If it's not Michael Thompson, that might be him. But I think I'm going to say Corey Brewer. Ooh, Corey. Sorry, I probably too hard. <laughs> no, I love these questions. These are great questions. Um, Michael Williams is... That's the one I was thinking that's of. That's Michael Thompson, of. Michael Williams. In 92-93, yeah. he made 97 straight free throws. NBA record for consecutive free throws made. So he's number one all time. He, that year, he, he made like 91%. Only two people have ever made above 90% for an entire year for the Wolves. Mo he was number one. Troy Hudson was number two. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, Mo Williams might have been in there, but uh, the only guy to make uh, to be on this list three times for uh, free throw percentage in a season Luke right now. is Kevin Martin. Kevin Martin, 13, okay. 14, 14, 15, and 15, 16. He was fifth, uh, ninth, and tenth, respectively, in Timberwolves history. He was always like I right mean, at 88, between 88 and 89. He was ahead of the curve. He was the true shooting percentage guy before anyone used that stats because he would get so much. He would just feed yeah. at the free throw line and feed at the three point line, especially during his days in Houston. Everyone would look at him as the model efficient player. You know? Yeah. Number four, Beasley is most well known for his three point shooting ability. Did he shoot over or under? 50% of his total shots this season from beyond the arc. I'll take over. Yes. I'm glad I got one in there for yes. you. <laughs> well, I heard uh, during the Kings game, they said Buddy Heel takes 73% of his shots from three. <laughs> Beasley, I think, is 53. Yeah, so, I yeah. mean, he does go at the rim a little <laughs> bit more often, but, you know, with how his success rate at, was at the rim, I'd be okay with him shooting more from the three. Yeah. You know? All right, uh, last one. After making seven threes in a January game against San Antonio, Beasley is the thir- is third in the Wolves' rankings for most made threes in a single game. Kevin Love and one other Wolf have made eight in a single game. Who is that player? Hmm. Eight, eight in, a game. in a game. Again, it's not modern either. It's pretty old. <laughs> so think back. It's not. Yeah, it's Kevin Love. It's not Towns. Towns, I think, has also has you know seven potentially. But, I have two uh, guesses. Is it Chuck Person? It's not. Who's your other one? Anthony Peeler? 
Jeff Marbury, everybody. Oh, yeah. Eight. Oh, I saw that Again, in the like record going book. Back, that's not as I'm old as Ryder. I'm every year. I've it's not seen as that. old as Ryder, yeah. but that's back there. Like, how did he get up? He must have been like eight or nine or something. There's no way right. he shot like 14 or 15 threes. Uh, I remember seeing that in the media guide and being like, what? That's so long ago. I can't believe Steph did that. Oh, man. Those are Marbury KG teams. I wonder how that never worked out. <sighs> Something happened there. So promising. All right, that's the game. We flipped the tables. I, I loved it. I made it too hard I for you. No, I feel bad. I, I love the question. Sometimes a hard question is okay <laughs> if it's not like stupid hard. Like hard questions sure. are like, what did he say? Or like, what was the yeah, average? Yeah, or like, yeah. I think every good trivia question contains hints that you can use to kind of make a deduction and, and make an educated guess. Yeah. And I feel like I had educated guesses for each of them. True, and I thought true. the subject was interesting. So I loved all five questions. Neil. Big fan. Well, good. Uh, that, that means a lot Top coming marks. from you, the, the trivia host himself. So we'll have to do this uh, again uh, to switch it up, you know, maybe more than once per Gives year. Gives me sympathy for <laughs> you being on the other yeah, side of it yeah. so often. You're in the hot seat. It is. It's You're a hot seat. I was feeling it. <laughs> All right, everybody that does it for Wolves Cast this week. Uh, Timberwolves still rolling. Still, uh, they got uh, got D'Lo back, but uh, Beasley is sidelined. But we're excited for the final like twenty games of the season here. Cherish uh, them. You'll miss them when they're gone. Yeah. You know you will. Yeah, uh, next week is the is the seventy five percent way through the season. The three fourths mark of the year. I'm working on a guest. We'll see if we can get him. We'll have somebody probably. Ooh. Can't it's wait. a matter of who it is. Um, so look, be looking forward to a potential special edition of Wolves Cast uh, next I week. I heard it might be KG. Might be. He's got a new book out, so he's making the rounds. Maybe he wants to come over here on Wolves Cast and uh, talk some junk about that snake Glenn. I just um, want to hear KG and Brit sit down for <laughs> That would be great. Uh, please, I'd like to see that happen. Uh, but yeah, we will uh, run it back here again next week for another episode of Wolves Cast. We will talk to you then. Goodbye.